I am the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Intelligence, or the light of truth, was not created or made, neither indeed can be. All truth is independent in that sphere in which God has placed it, to act for itself, as all intelligence also. Otherwise, there is no existence. Truth is knowledge of things as they are, and as they were, and as they are to come. I give unto you these sayings, that you may understand and know how to worship. Behold, here is the agency of man, and here is the condemnation of man. <laughs> this is Infants on Thrones. The philosophies of men mingled with humans. We are the core. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is episode 578, Conversations with Quad, part one, which is a thinly veiled homage, it's an homage, to the book Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh, which I kind of sort of recently read. Yeah, I, I was going to call it Conversations with Todd, but then I thought kind of like quantum stuff that I've been interested in, quad, Todd, Quad, so anyway, there you go. So you're first going to hear this first little thing that I wrote, and then you're going to hear Tom and I smack it around, which was a whole heck of a lot of fun, by the way. So that's your episode today. Thank you very much, Lady Reader of DNC Section 93, for that lovely intro, and of course, Martin John Henry's hauntingly gorgeous cover of the Beatles song, Because which I've gotten so much mileage out of over the past several years. And if you like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, please support us on Patreon or send us a donation via PayPal through our website. And then I won't have to keep sounding like this guy. Souvenirs, novelties, party tricks. All righty then. Now, here's what I wrote. Once upon a time, a rather normal, quite unremarkable man was taking a nice warm bath, when all of a sudden, he heard a voice coming from deep within his brain. The dialogue below is what followed. Hello? Can anybody hear me? Hello? No? I can hear you. Well, it's about time. I've been waiting here forever. Who are you? I am me. All right, but who is that? Uh, you wouldn't understand. Try me. Okay. I am the Ichiban Kaminari Centrificum Dualeptus concurrently focused towards Octa Quadra Trihedrianta multiplied by a factor of infinite expansion. Yeah, I, I don't understand most of those words. Well, that's because I just made most of them up. Words are symbols that represent things in the known world. What symbols should I use to represent things that are unknown to you? Well, you could just tell me what's unknown, and then it would become known. You're right. And that's exactly what I do. That's exactly why I'm here. All right. And where exactly is that? Inside of you. And outside of you. All around you, really. Have you ever looked at a kaleidoscope? Yeah. Well, that's sort of what I'm doing. And you're one of the little pieces that's moving around and changing your shape and design all the time. Only, I'm not looking in through a single eye hole. I'm looking in at every possible angle all at once. 
and your kaleidoscope thing is the size of the entire universe, which is constantly expanding, by the way. And instead of just seeing you as swirling shapes and colors with my eyes, I also smell all there is to smell about you and taste everything there is to taste and feel and hear everything there is to feel and hear. But those are just the five senses that you're most familiar with and the limited ranges that you evolved to perceive. There are hundreds more. You don't fully recognize this yet, but thought and imagination are also a sense. So I also imagine all that you imagine and I think all that you think. There's more of course, but you really just wouldn't understand. So what, are you God then? No. Is there a God? What do you mean by God? You know, like a father in heaven, creator of all things kind of God? No. In order for there to be a creator of all things, there must have first been nothing. And there has never been nothing. And in order for there to be a father, your idea of gender would have to apply to everything that exists. And that is almost as impossible and absurd as thinking that you could have a father creator without a mother creator as well. Now, there is duality, that much is true, but it's more like up and down or in and out than it is male and female. And the infinite combinations of this duality is what provides all the variety of existence that you experience, as well as all the variety of existence that you do not. And it's this duality itself that chooses its own combinations. I'm a result of this duality, you're a result of this duality. I suppose that you could call the entirety of this intelligent, creative duality God, but then you might as well call it everything. And since everything includes everything, it's not distinct from anything, which really shows you nothing, and therefore isn't very instructive. What? Uh, all right, okay, whatever. Just, just tell me this. Is there at least universal justice? What do you mean? You know, like, will good people be rewarded and evil people be punished? Well, they already are. But I mean, you said that there's no father in heaven creator God person, right? But is there at least among all of this intelligent creative duality some focus on punishing the wicked and rewarding those who are good? Well, I told you that the best way to conceive of the idea of God is to think of it as everything, right? So, is what you're asking me a part of everything? Yeah, I guess. Alright, well there you go. But so is not punishing the wicked. That's part of everything too. So is people getting away with horrible things. Yeah, which happens all the time, right? Yeah, and it totally sucks. But they can't be both punished in the afterlife and not punished in the afterlife. That makes no sense. Well, it makes perfect sense. It's part of everything, and everything is based on opposing dualities and everything is infinitely expanding. Your need for justice is small and temporary in the grand scheme of things. How important is it to you that a thief in Persia 3,000 years ago murdered his neighbor and completely got away with it? It simply fades into the pattern of everything that ever was, is, or will be. Eternal justice? Eternal reward? Now, who exactly is receiving this? When you die, you die. Only the duality that makes you continues but it does so quite independent of the temporary personalities or egos that are so all-encompassing and all-important to you right now. You're like clouds moving in the sky, changing shape all the time, asking me if 
One shape will be frozen in time forever and either punished or rewarded for the way it impacted another whiff of cloud. Your perception is extremely limited. So, listen to what I'm here to tell you. You cannot imagine anything that isn't part of everything. You can't focus on a single thread and ignore the rest of the fabric. I mean, sure, you can ignore what you cannot perceive, but that doesn't will it into non-existence. You can certainly live within the limitations of your perception and be completely ignorant of everything else, which is exactly what you do do, but you can at least know that there is more beyond what you currently know. A lot more. Pretty much everything, in fact. Okay, so you say it's like this single thread to a big fabric kind of thing, and there's stuff that we know and stuff that we don't know. So how close are we? What percentage of reality do we actually have right? What do you mean by percentage? I mean, how much do we know compared to how much we don't know? There is no possible number for that. No number? There's no number? Why not? Because existence is infinite. Everything, at its fundamental nature, is comprised of basically a binary code. This is the duality that I spoke of. You're aware of up quarks and down quarks, right? Positive charges and negative charges of fundamental subatomic energy that creates the atoms, which creates the molecules, which creates the cells, and pretty much everything that you're aware of. So, for example, let's just play around here. Let's just say that two up quarks and one down quark combined with five up quarks and seven down quarks gives you a certain result that's the same every time. Are you with me? Now, this is just a simple example. You can use that same basic formula in any number of combinations to describe the dualistic composition of everything. Sort of like a recipe for existence? Sure, if that helps. But the thing is, let's say that there are an infinite number of quarks, that they just keep expanding. So then there are also an infinite number of combinations, an infinite number of possibilities every possibility that you can imagine, actually, and much, much more that you cannot. So, I'm sorry, I can't give you a percentage of how much you know that is correct. And believe it or not, the same can be said for me. I don't even know. Just imagine the smallest number you can imagine, and then divide that in half, and then divide that number in half, and keep dividing your results in half over and over and over and over again forever. Now, you would never reach the number zero, but any number that you come up with would still be way too big. But your answer is somewhere between that number and zero. Well, okay, wow, my head is spinning. Like a kaleidoscope, yes, I know. And it smells and tastes delicious. Cool. There's more of my real side. <laughs> so how you been, Tom Perry? <laughs> I've been good. How about you, man? Eh, it's all right, you know. It's okay. Hanging in, hanging in there. Not struggling. No, I'm struggling, but I'm hanging in there. There's there's hard times and you know, there's good times and it's been a lot of up and downs recently. So I'm sorry you got to go through all that nonsense. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's it's uh it strengthens the character Tom, does it? Please, I hope <laughs> there's got to be something good that comes out of this. There's got to be some good. Well, yeah, right. Got to be something, something on the other side of the shit rainbow. 
<laughs> All right. So what are you going to tell me the uh what what the catalyst was what sparked this crazy Yeah, do you want do you want to do that before we read it or after it? Your Batman baseball shirt. Your Star Wars t-shirt star wars shirt it's just a star wars shirt it's not a baseball shirt. Are you excited for episode nine at all did you see the trailer i assume how oh, you did i saw the trailer i've i've made peace with the last one you know <laughs> like i the first time i saw it i hated it the second time i saw it i loved it the third time i saw it i hated it again and then i recently watched it again i'm like okay i'm all right. it's, i'm all right i'm okay there's balance in the force for me on that <laughs> last jedi one okay. but um yeah i don't i mean i'm not like I'm I'm more excited for Avengers Endgame than I am for. Oh yeah, are you going to try to see it this weekend? Maybe I don't have any plans to yet. We'll see. But I'm more excited for John Wick three. See, I I started watching John Wick one. I couldn't get into it. Uh, not, I don't know. Not giving it fair shit. What do you like about it? Sell me on it. Everything, Sell me on John Wick. Everything. The freaking action, just the badassery, is t- dialed up to an eleven. Yeah. See, that doesn't do it for me. It should. I mean, well, it, it makes sense being a Metallica fan <laughs> that like badassery in a movie would do it for you too. I just, Damn, I'm such a sucker. I grew up, I grew up with Barry Manilow. Yeah. Okay. So I know. Sit down to pee. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Without having it be a mission rule. <laughs> <laughs> you do it, did it without the rules, man. I was sitting down before there was rules. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. So, so you want to know what the catalyst of this was? Yeah, but uh, I mean, if there was one, yeah, I mean, there, there, there kind of was one. Okay. Um, I, I, I've been thinking lately, and I think I said it in a in a recent episode that I did. But like, how how can you put a like? I've, I've been thinking the question like, what percentage do we know compared to what percentage we don't know of like everything that's out there. And I thought, how would you even put a percentage on it? Because if you don't know the limits of something, you can't, you can't have like a denominator. You just don't know. You, you, it's just like this shot in the dark. And, and then I saw something about how 95% of what's in the universe is dark matter. And dark matter is just, we don't know what the hell it is. I'm like, okay, so, so, so here we're playing this game of percentages with something that we claim that we don't know, and it's a really, really high percentage. So then, what does what did that tell? You? And then I watched this TED talk with this guy. I, I got to look up what his name was because he was freaking awesome. His name is David Eagleman, and let's just listen to some of his TED talk. For me. We are built out of very small stuff and we are embedded in a very large cosmos. And the fact is that we are not very good at understanding reality at either of those scales. And that's because our brains haven't evolved to understand the world at that scale. Instead, we're trapped on this very thin slice of perception right in the middle. But it gets strange because even at that slice of reality that we call home, we're not seeing most of the action that's going on. So take the colors of our world. This is light waves, electromagnetic radiation that bounces off objects and it hits specialized receptors in the back of our eyes. But we're not seeing all the waves out there. In fact, what we see is less than a 10 trillionth of what's out there. So you have 
radio waves and microwaves and x-rays and gamma rays passing through your body right now, and you're completely unaware of it because you don't come with the proper biological receptors for picking it up. There are thousands of cell phone conversations passing through you right now, and you're utterly blind to it. Now, it's not that these things are inherently unseeable. Snakes include some infrared in their uh, reality, and honeybees include ultraviolet in their view of the world. And of course, we build machines in the dashboards of our cars to pick up on signals in the radio frequency range, and we build machines in hospitals to pick up on the x-ray range. But you can't sense any of those by yourself, at least not yet, because you don't come equipped with the proper sensors. And he talked about the umwelt. He talked about um, like what we've been able to evolve to, to see with our senses and hear and feel and touch and how it's different for animals and you know, all these different things. And like one of the things that he does is he creates, he, he, he creates things that allow people to use other senses for communication. Like he'll have, and I got to remember what it was, is like this pad that he puts on the back with electronic signals that will trans like for deaf people. So it'll hear words and it'll like do these vibrations and they like teach them. Implant is it kind of basis in that technology or is it something different? Maybe, but this, this was like vibrations on their back. That's on a vest that they wear. Wow. Okay. Uh, and, and, and I mean, just like, it was totally mind blowing the things. Um, and in fact, I think I got, a, I think I got one of his audio books, but I've forgotten his name. And so I haven't listened to it yet, but he's freaking awesome. So I, I just, all these things are always on my mind, Tom. And so this morning I woke up at like four 30 in the morning and I couldn't get back to sleep. And I just started writing this thing. I, oh, and another influence was this book called conversations with God that somebody recommended to me several months ago. And I started listening to it and I just couldn't get very far into it because it was just a little bit too, uh, I don't know. It was a little too something for me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I do art with new age. But okay, yeah, it was a little. It was a little maybe too traditional Christianity. I, I mean, if I'm if I'm going to be totally honest, it seemed a little pedestrian to me, and that just makes me seem like the latest asshole. I like it. It's like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I've already thought that before. Yeah, tell me something I don't know. It's so pedestrian. That's below, yeah. That's below my pay grade. Yeah, your mic's not picking up very well. Is, there, is, it, is that not the normal mic mic that you use? It is, but I'm on this crazy mixer thing. Hang on, let me adjust. Oh, crazy mixers. Uh, is this any better? Uh, wow. Was that it? Yeah, was I loved it. Okay. I loved it. Well, yeah, you better damn well. I mean, it's like, it's like you're Howard Stern and I'm that chick sitting on the big speaker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember that scene, but it was burned into my memory. <laughs> Oh yeah, baby, more bass, more bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so I, I I wrote this this morning. I sent it to several people. You were one of them, and you're like, I hate it. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. You did. like, I hate it. But I'm like, cool. Let's record something about it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, verbatim. That's what I said. I hate yeah. it. All right. So, so I'll, I'll start. Um, Wait, and, wait. and then I'll, I'll read like the italic part because I did start, I did start thinking of you in this, like, especially the part where it's like, what about cosmic justice? Yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is Tom Perry's voice in my head now. 
it was so in your head. So I'm like, I, I'm really glad to hear you like read these lines because some of them I wrote specifically with you in my mind. Well, because I was reading through this, I was like, why the hell would Glenn be sending me this? And yeah, I got to the injustice part. I was like, oh, there it is. That's why. There it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So once upon a time, a rather normal, quite unremarkable man, that's me, was taking a nice warm bath with, um, I didn't say it in here, but it was a bath with uh, pink Himalayan uh, bath salts. Um, <laughs> when all of a sudden he heard a voice coming from deep within his brain, the dialogue below is what followed. Hello, can anybody hear me? No? This is where I breed. Mm -hmm. Did I, you just say breed? This is where I breed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can hear you. Really, that's how you would say it? That's not a very Tom Perry kind of like, like I, I'm expecting like more kind of like, I can hear you. <laughs> kind of like the Tom side, kind of like, all right, what? Are you really calling me at this late hour? Yeah, there you go. I can hear you. Well, it's about time. I've been waiting here forever. Who are you? I'm me. <laughs> but who is that? You wouldn't understand. No, try me. Okay, I'm the Ichiban Kaminari Centrificum Duoleptus, concurrently focused towards the octaquadra trihedrianta, multiplied by a factor of infinite expansion. I don't understand most of those words. Yeah, that's because I just made most of them up. Words are symbols that represent things in the known world. So what symbols should I use to represent things that are unknown to you? You could just tell me what is unknown so that it would become that it would then become known. Yeah, I'm sorry. I write kind of clunky for your voice in there, don't I? Do you want to try that again? And you're like, do it, do it how you would do it. Do it the Tom Perry way. <laughs> <laughs> you could just tell me what is unknown and then all of a sudden it would become known. Okay, you're right. And that's exactly what I do. It's exactly why I'm here. And where exactly is that? Inside of you, Tom. Oh. And outside of you yeah. and all around you, really. Have you ever looked at a kaleidoscope? Yeah, I've looked at a kaleidoscope. <laughs> Perfect! Now we're getting it. Now we're getting it. That's sort of what I'm doing. You're one of the little pieces that's moving around and changing your shape and design all the time. Only I'm not looking through a single eye hole. I'm looking in at every possible angle all at once. And your kaleidoscope is the size of the entire universe which is constantly expanding, by the way. And instead of just seeing you as swirling shapes and colors with my eyes, <laughs> I also smell all there is to smell about you and taste everything there is to taste about you and feel and hear everything there is to feel and hear. But those are just the five senses that you're most familiar with and the limited ranges that you've evolved to perceive. That's the umwelt, Tom. Yeah. There are hundreds more. You don't fully recognize this yet, but thought and imagination is also a sense. So I also imagine all that you imagine, and I think all that you think. There's more, of course, but you really just wouldn't understand. My God. <laughs> Very close. There's so much there. All right. Uh, so what? Are you God then? No. Is there a God? What do you mean by God? You know, like Father in Heaven, creator of all things, kind of God. No. In order for there to be a creator of all things, there must have first been nothing. And there has never been nothing. And in order for there to be a father, 
your idea of gender would have to apply to everything that exists. And that's almost as impossible and absurd as thinking that you could have a father creator without a mother as well. Now there is duality. That much is true, but it's more like up and down or in and out than it is male and female. And the infinite combinations of this duality is what provides all the variety of existence that you experience as well as all that you do not. And it's this duality itself that chooses its own combinations. I'm a result of this duality. You're a result of this duality. I suppose that you could call the entirety of this intelligent, creative duality God, but then you might as well call it everything. And since everything includes everything, it's not distinct from anything, which really shows you nothing and therefore isn't very instructive. <laughs> yeah, not very instructive. What? Okay, whatever. How, just tell me this. Is there at least universal justice? What do you mean? Like, will good people be rewarded and evil people be punished? Well, they already are. But I mean, you said there is no father in heaven, creator, God person, right? But is there at least among all this intelligent creative duality, some focus on punishing the wicked and rewarding those who do good? I told you that the best way to conceive of the idea of God is to think of it as everything. So is what you're asking a part of everything? I guess. Well, then there you go. But so is not punishing the wicked. That is part of everything too. So is people getting away with horrible things. Right, which happens all the time. Yeah, and that totally sucks. <laughs> Where's my Tom Perry passion? Where's the passion, Tom? I, you really did channel me here. This is pretty crazy. Uh, yes, and that totally sucks. But they can't be both punished in the afterlife and not punished in the afterlife. Wait, punished in the afterlife and not punished in the afterlife. Yeah, they can't be both punished and not punished is the, is the idea there. That makes no sense. No, it makes perfect sense because it's part of everything and everything is based on opposing dualities and everything is infinitely expanding. Your need for justice is small and temporary in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> I watched you shaking your head here. How important is it to you that a thief in Persia 3,000 years ago murdered his neighbor and completely got away with it? It simply fades into the pattern of everything that ever was, is, or will be. Eternal justice, eternal reward. Who exactly is receiving this? When you die, you die. Only the duality continues on. I think that's an um, it's an M. Only the duality continues, but it does so quite independently of the temporary personalities or egos that are so all-encompassing and all-important to you right now. You're like clouds moving in the sky, changing shape all the time, asking me if one shape will be frozen in time forever and either be punished or rewarded for the way it impacted another whiff of cloud. Your perception is so limited. So listen to what I'm here to tell you. <laughs> okay. You cannot imagine anything that isn't a part of everything. You can't focus on a single thread and ignore the rest of the fabric. I mean, sure, you can ignore what you cannot perceive, but that doesn't will it into non-existence. You can certainly live within the limitations of your perception and be completely ignorant of everything else, which is exactly what you do. But you can at least know that there is more beyond what you currently know, a lot more, pretty much everything, in fact. Uh, okay, so you say it's like a single thread to a big fabric kind of thing, and there's stuff we know and stuff we don't know. So how close are we? What percentage of reality do we have it right? What do you mean by percentage? 
I mean, how much do we know compared to how much we don't know? There is no possible number for that. Why not? Because existence is infinite. Everything at its fundamental nature is comprised of basically a binary code. This is the duality that I spoke of. There, you're aware of quarks, right? Up quarks and down quarks, positive charges and negative charges of fundamental energy that creates atoms, which creates molecules, which creates cells, and pretty much everything that you're aware of. So, for example, two up quarks and one down quark combined with five up quarks and seven down quarks gives you a certain result that's the same every time. Are you with me? This is just a simple example. You can use the same basic formula in any number of combinations to describe the dualistic composition of everything. Like a recipe for existence? Sure, if that helps. But the thing is, let's say that there are an infinite number of quarks. They just keep expanding. So there are also an infinite number of combinations, an infinite number of possibilities. Every possibility that you can imagine, actually, and much, much more that you cannot. So I'm sorry, I can't give you a percentage of how much you know that's anywhere near correct. And believe it or not, the same can be said for me. I don't know. Just imagine the smallest number you can imagine and then divide it in half and then divide that number in half and keep dividing your results in half over and over and over and over again forever. You'll never reach the zero sum, but any number that you do come up with would still be way too big. And your answer is somewhere between that number and zero. Yeah, okay, so my head is spinning like a kaleidoscope yes i know and it smells and tastes delicious <laughs> oh this is all right so what did you think of it though tom i mean on the premise it's it's interesting like the the aspects and sort of that heady the infinite numbers um that kind of stuff i was i'm down i was i was on board with but the I didn't like the pretentious talk down <laughs> to help you understand, but you're just a finite individual and I'm like, then why the fuck are you even communicating with me right now? I mean, to teach you. Well then teach me. You well, he just did. No, no. Cause <laughs> <laughs> down to him by saying, Oh, well I could help you understand, but you're so limited. You're so finite. You think of things so binary. I, I don't really think there's much I can do to help you, but I'll try. And what I'll do is I'll make your head explode. It'll be, and it'll be <laughs> entertaining for me, but for you to be like, what, huh? What? <laughs> so yes, it is entertaining for me. You nailed it. <laughs> now you're channeling me. <laughs> I mean, but the, the thing is, is I, I don't like, I, I don't know. I was reflecting back to just the God concept. Yeah. If, if when we speak to God and if God's like, well, I could tell you things. This isn't God. Well, okay. Whatever higher being is. So if this higher being is trying to communicate with us and trying to help us understand certain things, well, they're the higher being. Why is it that they can't speak to us with concepts that we do understand instead of saying, well, I mean, what I'm telling you is quarks up, quarks down, infinity expanding, and you're never going to get it because you want to know why? Because you think in binary terms and you think of beginnings and ends and there is none of this bullshit that you think of in the wider scope of things. Oh, really? 
Oh, really? So, so we're supposed to just understand your plane of thinking <laughs> down to our way of thinking. Instead, it's just, you're going to continue to keep this level of separation between us. And instead you're the elite being, thank you for making that well known, but instead you're not going to try to communicate to make some sort of common ground with this. Anyway. All right. There you go. So box off. Nice. I love it. So, so like if, if you think about, and I don't, I mean, I'm just spitballing here, mm-hmm. but like once upon a time, people didn't know that there were microwaves out there. Yeah. You know, they didn't know that there were x-rays. They didn't know that there were ultraviolet rays. Radio waves. So, yeah, right. right. So, so what if you had someone from the future who did know that they were there and had instruments that were able to do it, but they're going back to like people in Roman times or something like that. Right. Like how would they explain to them what they are? They'd have to. They'd have to go. Okay. Well, you know, like how there are like waves in an ocean. Well, there's like these, but they're kind of different, and they're out there, you know. And they'd be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, well, someday you will, you know, because we'll evolve to a point where you'll have instruments that'll be able to detect these things that are out there. But right now, at your state of evolution, you, you know, you haven't biologically evolved to be able to detect these things that are out there. The instruments that you've created, oh God, haven't been able to detect these things that they're out there. But they're out there don't like that analogy because i mean if i were to superimpose what i'm thinking of this whole story the person that's going back in time would also have enough knowledge in his head that he knows exactly the fundamentals of waves and he can describe it on a very ground up level for these people that don't know what the hell they are he would start you know it waves 101 and start to build them up that's if he was a higher being but if he's just a dude yeah, he's going to be like, how can I explain it? Uh, I just got this machine that shows waves on it, and I can speak to another person that has a machine like this. It's freaking cool, dude. When you get to the future, you'll get it. It's cool. But that's well, what we're talking We're talking about some asshole who speaks <laughs> and, says, and says, oh, I, I get it. I understand yeah. it. But I'm not about to tell you because it's going to just confuse you. So uh, how's that? How's that work out for you? That's pretty cool. Well, I, I appreciate your, you know, I appreciate your estimation of my abilities, <laughs> but I, I don't know things that I don't know to be able to really come in and, you know, like, I don't even know the things that I should know that I don't know. So I'm just playing around with ideas in here. No, I get you. The kaleidoscope thing was pretty good though, right? The kaleidoscope thing was pretty good. And and and, and I and the do, clouds, the clouds. That was pretty good. I mean, come on, how many pats on the back of <laughs> you? Jeez. <laughs> no, but it, the, <laughs> but the in, the infinity, the forever, the ever expanding stuff. That's the stuff that I actually think that there's something in all that, you know. And it's also how how life just continues to regenerate itself and that we're all cells and we're all related and we all, you know, from the dirt we become and then to the dirt we return, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on board with that philosophical Socrates. But what, and, and what are you including when you say the we like, like from dirt, we come and from dirt, we return. Like what, what's included in that we like human beings life. Yeah. But, but life and life includes things that aren't, part of uh dirt and don't ever go back to dirt like like i and i'm talking about like the atoms you know like the like like the energy that makes us up okay so i was using dirt as a form of like how we perceive earth but yeah you're right everything goes back to atoms Mm -hmm. including dirt right okay 
And that, and then I lost the point. What what was the point then? Because I was <laughs> I was fixated on dirt. <laughs> so if we originate from something. Like right. if, 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 if you want to go, well, dirt's still, it's not. No, so let's go with atoms. Yeah. And so if we're all atoms or whatever, yeah. So then they somehow form us or life or certain aspects or constructs or whatever. And then when we, our life cycles up or whatever, and we die and then, but our atoms don't die. They just right. migrate into other things or other, you know? Yeah. So, so that was it because you said we die and I was asking, what do you mean by we? So, so like the atoms that are us don't die, but there's something about us that does die. Yeah. Our consciousness. And, it, and it's, yeah. yeah, I don't even know what the consciousness is, but it's, it's like our, our biological. Yeah. I don't know what consciousness is. Yeah, you do. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's awareness. It's like my, my ability to focus on like what you're talking about right now. And that's something like, like, like me, the, the human personality of me dies. Right, right. But the atoms that are me keep going on. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's it. Nice. I don't. Right. I, I, Good episode. You don't know. <laughs> Good episode. What was it, twenty minutes? If that. Yeah. I, it's, it's like it, it's like what Joseph Smith said. If I told you everything that I know, you'd seek my life. He said I'm that. Kidding. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. You didn't know he said that. He's like, oh, if I told you guys everything that I know. I, that, that was in those Truman Madsen, Joseph Smith tapes that I listened to over and over again on my mission. Didn't listen to that stuff. You didn't? Why not? Okay, that would explain why I fell away from the church, probably. No, because no, I did too, I, and I listened to them a lot. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I didn't have access to them. I didn't think they were a thing. Mm. I was busy reading those, uh, what was it, the uh, Jesus the Christ, Articles of Faith, yeah. Marvelous yeah. And Wonder. Yeah, I read, I read those too multiple times because i think that was the only books we were allowed to read i read some star wars books too yeah the timothy's on uh like post uh return of the jedi stuff that had like grand admiral thrawn in them those are pretty cool books the books that got thrown out of the canon yeah 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 i think they did yeah yeah i think they did (laughs) so you you spend a lot of time thinking about this crazy beyond our existence stuff all the time. Really? I love it. Yeah. I can't, I can't get enough of it. it it's, it's the only thing that like holds my attention because I can't, I can't, I can't get my head around it. I don't know. There's other things that hold my attention. No, like, I mean like it, it, it ties into biology too. So, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll just watch YouTube videos on cells, <laughs> you know, like how, how like I, I watched, I watched one and I actually sent this to Colton back a few months ago. I'm like, do you want to talk about this? He's like, Nope. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Love that but, guy. Honesty, though. But just how like in, in the, the DNA of every cell is the blue map or, or is the blueprint for that. That cell could become anything in the body. Yeah. But there's like environmental triggers that tell it what to do to tell it what to become. Like that's such a fascinating idea to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't, it, it wasn't fascinating me when I was in high school and I was learning about biology. I didn't care. And I didn't take those classes in college. So now I'm getting into it. Are you getting into it because you have more of a, what, an expansive universal way of thinking about life or the universe and all that or what? I guess. What do you mean by expansive universal way of looking at life? Well, because in the Mormon paradox or in the Mormon box of oh. way of thinking that it was so small minded or at least, you know, that 
as much as they say that it, there's infinity or worlds beyond number or whatever it is, there was always a start and a finish with Mormon way or doctrine or whatever to me, not my, not, not the kind of Mormonism that I was ingesting because I, you know, like I was, I, I was interested in Nibley and McConkey and, and what was that? So there was a pre pre-existence, like there was always a start. No, because there, because like spirits came from intelligence and intelligence intelligence forms spirits and spirits form uh bodies and then bodies become gods and like it was always a question of what is what what is intelligence and where does that come from you know that so that that was always and and plus the idea of god having a father and that father having a father and you know the turtles all the way down thing that's that's a part of mormon doctrine so there's that that's that's king follett man um and i think it's in the dnc too i I just don't remember anymore yeah who knows but it, it was things that I thought about. So I, I, I had a pretty expansive view of the, the universe um, as a Mormon. And maybe that's even why I'm interested in it now, because it's like Mormonism formed these different interests in my brain. And then when I turned away from Mormonism, it was like a, a, a stream that I shut. I, I dammed the water. And so all these riverbeds are dry and I'm like, oh, but I can I can find a source of water from these other places and fill these riverbeds in a different way. Do you don't feel, you don't feel like you're trying to search for certain answers, maybe? Because that's what it seems like to me. Because when when I go down these paths, I'm always looking for either clues or pointers to send me in directions where you know puzzle pieces start to click in my brain. Like, oh, that makes sense. That now, now I sort of get the grasp of this. Yeah, I think I think it's more. I, I think that's definitely part of it, but but I I think it's also like a a search for how do I relax about life. Wait, so going out into the mysteries of the unknown gives you what peace? Yeah, life? yeah. It 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 makes it it makes it makes a lot of things seem, seem so much smaller. You know, it 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 makes the 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 things that. Um, I usually get bent out of shape about just seem kind of insignificant in comparison. I mean, that, and that you kind of see that in what I wrote about um, the concerns about justice. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's just minuscule. And, what? you know, so like, I don't have, you know, you know, like, because I, I went through this whole thing with the, the Trump presidency and the dossier and, you know, like Scott and Matt and I did a couple of those dossier episodes and I was, watching rachel maddow every night like for the first four or five months of the presidency and i was just getting so bent out of shape and just like ah yeah, just sure. freaking me out and so i'm like okay i've got to unwind i've got to, i've got to find some things that will take my mind off of this stuff and give me a different perspective and you know so then the jonathan height the yuval harari alan watts all that stuff just kind of got, went oh yeah yeah i like this stuff so it gave you more zen huh yeah well, yeah. I, I did, I'm glad you brought up the injustice thing. <laughs> you were super dismissive of that in there, dude. Like I, the, the just the fact, like, well, what's the big deal? Like, it, it, you, the punishment's already there. No, it's not. No, it's not. Injustice, injustice is <laughs> super important, and the fact that people are so dismissive of it drives me crazy. And yes, I know I'm being subjective. It's really important to me, and I'm projecting it all onto you guys. So eat it. 
Yeah, and just no, I love it. And just really, really important. And I mean, if you just take, oh, I don't know, Stalin, Hitler, you know, the good old fashioned people that everybody points to, the 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 atrocities that they committed, and then they just get to die or whatever. They it's just just sucks man it's one of those things where i keep hoping in some form of afterlife because they've got to get their comeuppance man they just they just i mean it just has to because it's it's so unfair if if nothing happens and it sucks because then it just makes me feel like okay um, if I were to teach the young kids n- anything now, be as debaucherous as you can, make sure you do everything you can to get away with it. Because guess what? When you die, dude, oh, smooth sailing. All those people you wronged, you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay for it. It's freaking great, dude. Just get away with it. But why do you, why do you go that direction? Like, like it, it, when, when you acknowledge that people get away with shit and it's not fair, yeah. Why then do you go, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to harm as many people as I want. I mean, I thought that harming people was the reason that you were upset in the first place. I'm not talking about me per se. Uh, yeah. You I, said I, you were going to teach people to go out and be debaucherous. I would t- that that's a lesson that I think that gets spoken if that's, if that's reality and who knows if it is, it doesn't really matter. Well, it doesn't matter, but, <laughs> whatever. but no, the, the fact is, is, if that's reality that injustice or that the scales of justice won't ever be balanced out in any way yeah. or form. And I know, and I, and I struggle with that and it, and it could very easily be a reality. I acknowledge that too. I just really, really struggle with it because there are some serious injustice that happens in this world that happens to not just one person, not, you know, just, Oh, this back in Persia, this one guy got robbed. Uh, terrible. <laughs> I mean, if you just take just murdered, yeah, you got murdered, Tom. But if, but if you take a terrible injustice like murder, like if someone's family got murdered or whatever, and then they just live the rest of their life in Cancun with a different identity, I mean, come on. I'm supposed to just be like, okay, that's cool, that sucks. So what, what if, what if some of the atoms that were in that person's body now are in your body? That wouldn't, I mean, I, I don't even know what to make or think of that. Because it makes absolutely no difference, right? Makes no difference. Makes no difference at all. Or, or and, we don't and, know. Maybe it does. And, who- yeah. and, and you know, so, so like you said, we don't know, but, but within the limits of what we do know, and like we've got a limited perspective, there's a certain place right. where we're like okay we can know these things we don't know what's beyond that right. within within the parameters that we do know we know that injustice exists in the world right yeah yeah undeniably it does that's why we work at making sure we have systems of justice in place sure yeah to try and minimize it and and especially like that where, where's the best place to do that is first with yourself and then like your immediate family, you know, like starting with the concentric circles and going outwards. Right. Right. We've had that discussion before, but it's just like, like for me, if, if like, I, I love it when we have, we've had these conversations and some great episodes that you've headed up in the past, like about forgiveness and holding grudges and things like that. Um, and I, I think my answer today is very similar to what, what it was back then. It just, 
I, I, I don't like that feeling of being, of holding on to that and being so uptight about something that I really don't have any control over. I don't like that feeling either. So let it go, Tom. No, let it go. That <laughs> simple phrase, let it go, is, you make it sound so easy. Mm. And, and, and I, I guess for me, and again, I'm projecting onto other people my own experience here, but if, if I, if someone, a drunk driver killed my wife and my kids yeah. tomorrow, and I'm supposed to just take Glenn's phrase by letting it go. You don't want to hold on to that pain, Tom. Just let it go. And it's like, but that was messed up. And that's, that's a life altering shift that I don't, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to alter and affect every decision going forward. And I'm supposed to just be like, oh, no, that, it was a sucky day that day. But like, hey, at least, you know. I can go watch the new Avengers movie this week. No, you're, no, nothing. Nothing's ever gonna. N- nothing's ever gonna heal the pain of losing your wife and your kids to a drunk driver. Yeah, nothing, right. You'll heal that. Pain, I mean, but there's there's an underlying thing to that pain. It's the fact that that happened, and it was just. It, it, I don't know if it's something in our biology or something in our makeup or chemistry or what that makes us think that was so wrong. Take the drunk driver part of it out of it. Let's just say it was some reckless driver who was just robbed a bank and was trying to get out of there and killed their family. I mean, we're talking again, so much money did they get from the, the robbery? It makes a difference. $147. All right. That, oh, that that's actually pretty good. So they just took 147. That's it. That's and that was the cost of your kids, of your family's life. Yeah. But the, just, the reason yeah. Why I try to flip it to that is because most people will say, well, the guy was drunk. He, he wasn't in the right mind. You know, he had a, he, he was on a chemical that altered his uh, conscious and whatever. Okay. But if, if someone was in the right mind and they were doing things in a very reckless, risky, dangerous way, and they put themselves in a situation to harm other people intentionally because they're trying to yeah. get cops or whatever. That's a, t- that's not just a tough pill to swallow that. I just don't know how you can. I really, how, do. you, can, how you can, what, how you can accept the fact that this person consciously or intentionally or whatever you want to say, did something that permanently altered your life moving forward. And permanently altered every, you know, those that you love dearly moving forward. And you're supposed to just go Zen on it and you're supposed to just let it go. To me, part of the healing process, no doubt would be realizing that that person has to suffer serious consequences for that. You know, and yeah. I, I would sleep better at night knowing well, hell, at least that person's off the streets or, you know, he's, he's in a situation now, whether it's prison or mental institution or, or he, even if it was a capital punishment sort of deal, at least that person's no longer out there potentially causing harm to anyone else. You know, I'm not disagreeing with any of this. I don't, I don't, I don't think what you're saying is like antithetical to letting it go. Yeah. I think it, Is it not? Because to me, everything that you were saying was so dismissive of any form of needing justice to be satisfied. I never, I, I, you know, when, when you say, just let it go, what that translates to me is like, Hey Tom, if you need justice 
in some way, shape or form because an injustice happened to you. If you are seeking for it, why, why are you staying up at night worrying about this? It's like, well, it's not part of it or most of it is for me. Like I want to see consequences happen to really bad people. There's no doubt about that. But I also want to see that consequence eliminated or minimized from happening to other people as well. Because I don't want people, other people to suffer the same. Right. But the, but the reason that I don't want you staying up worrying about it at night is because that's not healthy for you. It's not. But that, but that doesn't mean that there can't be justice. I mean, it's just like, how do you figure? Can, can, can you want justice? Can, can, can you want justice and still be at peace? You know, where you're, where you're not staying up and worrying about it at night. That's is a, that a possibility. I, that's a great question. I'm not totally sure. And because I haven't been in those scenarios, I'm only, I'm only using stories and even movie depictions in my mind about this sort of thing. And a lot of them are telling me that, no, you can't. It just depends. It depends on how badly you need the, the scales of justice to be balanced back out. You know, if, if it was one particular individual I mean, think of any revenge flick, right? Have you seen Taken and Peppermint and all these movies? No. Uh-uh. Well, we were just talking about John Wick, right? Yeah, I, I don't like John Wick. I know you don't. I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. And I like Keanu Reeves, but I couldn't get into John Wick. That's, I tried. It's a dirty shame, man. Yeah. Is there any revenge movie or storyline you like? No. In fact, The Count of Monte Cristo is kind of like the ultimate revenge story to me because I read the book and I saw the movie and I just hated them both. <laughs> Why? I, I just absolutely hated them because I thought this guy's ruined his whole life trying to get revenge. So he wanted the scales of justice to be. Yeah, and, and all he did was spread misery to everyone. There was no, there was, there, there was no healing. There was no justice that came. There's no healing. You sure? Yeah. The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. Yeah, he destroyed a lot of people's lives. He destroyed a lot of people's lives, but guess what? His life was ruined. His life was ruined, and a lot of other people's lives was ruined. So the scale somewhere was still kind of like this, <laughs> out of balance. Uh, so if you just ruined one other person's life, would <laughs> is that what you wanted? To, you just like okay, this person ruined my. It's, it's like the tit for tat thing, and then we've got justice. We just got to ruin other. I don't know. The tit for tat thing actually. I think there's something to that. It's sort of the eye for an eye sort of deal. That's where, I mean, that's what justice is. If, if someone severely wrongs you, you want a punishment. You want consequences on that person for doing that. I mean, am I wrong? I don't know. I, I, I don't. But you don't? So if someone no, I don't. wrongs you, steals your car, and you're like, oh, man, he probably needed it. I don't know. If somebody stole my car, I've, I've got insurance that, you know, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like going to a voodoo doctor and go, okay, get this guy. You know, like I, wh- whoever this guy is, wherever he is, I, I wouldn't put his name in a, in a box and curse it at the altar of the temple. Like the Mormons did with the, okay. okay so you, you don't, know, okay. So you won't persecute Joseph Smith. You wouldn't do something supernatural. Okay. But would you go file? Well, not even supernatural, but I mean, I just, I, okay. Maybe, maybe that was it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. File a police report and then follow up to make sure that they're following the leads to find the guy that did it. If I did that, I would be motivated because I want my car back. Not because I want this person who did it to be like harmed or punished. Like, like you, I you can just go to court for it. 
I, I mean, I, I would, I would, if this, if there's like some criminal, I'd want them off the street. So they're not spreading crime, but it's not like, I feel like there's this, this score that needs to be settled because he wronged me and how dare he, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dude, I, I don't how, how is it that we, we've, uh, we be friends. Gosh. How is it that we be friends? <laughs> you, 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 you didn't like John wick. You don't like take <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen Taken, so I don't know if I like it or not. Three of them. So <laughs> I know, but I, I do like the line from Deadpool. At some point, you think maybe he's just a bad father, or maybe it's just bad parenting. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, funny. I like Deadpool. Yeah, I like Deadpool. See, there's a revenge story. Uh, yeah, I guess it kind of is, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, that whole part where he—have you seen the second one? Yeah. So when his wife gets killed, right, and he, yeah. he goes completely ape, killing everybody. You right, and he can't get into her in heaven because his heart's not in the right place. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's not the part that I'm talking about. And that's, <laughs> I know. That's such a stupid part anyways. <laughs> but you, I don't know. It was pretty cool when he got into that bubble. <laughs> you, you would want into that bubble. Well, of course, that's not that's not the point. But the, why would she be in the bubble to begin with? You know, it's like that she shouldn't have been she shouldn't have been killed. But the point is, you don't you couldn't find yourself in a position to even empathize with him, where he's like, "I've got to c- kill every person that was responsible for this." You you couldn't understand that. I, I that's not what empathy is. A, em, like it, empathy I'm, is be able to be able to feel his sorrow, not not to say I'm going to do with it the same thing that he's going to do with it. Well, but you know, yeah. so like I would be able to feel that pain and feel that sorrow and empathize with it. But do, what about vengeance? Is that not a feeling that you can empathize with? I can empathize with vengeance. I, there have been a lot of times in my life where I felt the urge to get revenge, but I, but it's not I. It doesn't, I don't know, it's not, it, it hasn't been fulfilling to me the times that I've done it. It just makes me more angry. When, I don't want to be angry. When you've had those, those feelings of vengeance and then seen the scales come back into balance? I've, I've had times where I've done the stupidest things out of just trying to get revenge and even the scale. Uh-huh. I've done stupid, stupid things that just end up making things worse. Hmm. I mean, I'm like, I'm not saying I'm over it, Tom. Like there's times I still do it. There's times I still do it. I still do like stupid, petty things out of revenge. You do? Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to. I like, I, I feel like shit about it after I do it. Each and every time though? Each and every time I recognize it. I'm sure there's times where I do it and I'm not even aware that I've done it. There, there's something weird, this whole journey that I've taken with this forgiveness grudges thing when I first started it, because I was, I mean, I was really trying to understand people that hold grudges to like the maximum level. I will take this grudge to the grave sort of thing. Yeah. And I've, I caught to a point where I started to actually see the side where I, I started to not just understand it, but I actually sort of found myself applauding it on some level where I thought that there might be something beneficial for doing it. And it's, it's very similar to the stories. If you want to take ex Mormons, for example, if, if tragic things happen, if just horrible things are said when a person leaves the church and then there's several, you know, communication relationships that are permanently, well, I mean, 
you can't say permanently until it's permanent, but for all intents and purposes, those relationships are completely severed and they don't speak to each other anymore. And it's like, for, for my own mental well being, I can no longer talk to my dad who said this horrible thing to me or said, you're no longer part of the family, whatever it is. I almost think that there's something commendable about that. I used to think that it, it, it was just like what I've, I hear you saying is that it's, it's not good for anyone. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about how I feel with it. Don't, don't then project that out that I'm putting judgments on people who are different. But, I, that, that's not, that's not coming from me. Okay. But even just you, you have to yeah. acknowledge that there's people like you out there. Sure. Okay. All right. There you go. But, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying that my way is the only way that my way is the best way. I'm not saying, I'm just saying that either. No, but you just said that you thought that I was saying that mine was how other people should be, or maybe I misinterpreted it. I thought I yeah. thought that's what you're saying. Okay, yeah, maybe I did say that. I'm sorry. That's uh, yeah. That's the sense I get that you're telling, even if it is, you're just saying this is this is me. Sometimes I feel like you're saying, and and Tom, I don't know, you should be like this too. <laughs> you should be more like me. You should not watch all those taken and. Oh no, I don't think that. I I I tease you about it because it, because I because I I do think that you would that that you carry more like this sounds like it's coming stress from stress and anxiety than you need to when you do that. Oh, I, I, could be don't, wrong. Dis- I don't disagree with some of that. No. Yeah. And so and so I kind of tease you and needle needle you about it, but you know, you you're, you're you're clearly a very different personality than mine and, and you know, you function in different ways. So I'm not like, you gotta be like wearing your star Wars shirts and listening to Beatles all the time. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm over here wearing Batman shirts and listening to Metallica all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, it's really, really, but we both have a mom named Martha, so <laughs> we don't have to kill each other. Be besties now. We're be besties. <laughs> Did you watch that movie? Your, mom, your mom's name is Martha too? What? Oh, I'm not going to kill you now. That was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. You want to team up and go fight some bad guys together? <laughs> that was so dumb. I don't. Oh, DC. I didn't, I didn't see Aquaman. Did you see Aquaman? Yeah, of course. Is it good? It's great. You, I think you'll enjoy it. It's fun. Really? I don't think I will. I, don't, I liked Wonder Woman. Give it a chance. Well, if you like... Yeah. You'll enjoy Aquaman. Give it a shot. It's a fascinating movie. You got to turn your brain off. It's fun. I don't know. It's a guy that talks to fish. It's great. There's a big underwater battle that even I was laughing my ass off. I cannot believe they did this in a movie. It's pretty (laughs) hilarious. They had people riding seahorses. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I cannot believe they pulled it off. It was so fun. It's super fun. Uh, I don't know. I'll wait till it's free somewhere. <laughs> you know, I, I could I could probably plunk four ninety nine down and rent it on iTunes. Yeah, Redbox it. Yeah, for a buck. Oh, I don't. What's Red? Oh, that's where you actually have to use like a DVD player, right? Yeah, well, I don't think I have one of those anymore. <laughs> I don't care. Fine. And- no, I've got like a PlayStation. I could put it in if I wanted to. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've gone fully digital, Tom. You gone? And everyone else should too. <laughs> <laughs> the way I live my life is how everyone should live it. Yeah. All right. So any, any, any final thoughts, Tom? Cause I'm hungry. Oh, okay. 
talking about justice makes you hungry, huh? Talking about talking about justice makes me hungry. No, I think I'm good. If you're all right. Yeah. I used to, I used yeah. to I used to think that when when I would battle ideas like this with you, it would piss you off and you would uh hold a grudge against me. Really? Yeah. You thought I was you thought I was pissed off at you and I was holding grudges against you, huh? Sometimes on certain certain disagreements. Yeah, but mm. the thing is that's not that's not isolated just that'd be like lots of other people that I disagreed with. <laughs> Because I, I think that's you projecting yourself onto other people, Tom. Of course it is. It goes back to that whole, there's certain things where people would... Um, I mean, I don't want to piss you off and have you hold a, jug, a grudge against me, but I think that's you. I think it is me too. <laughs> but no, I, it goes back to that whole thing, what thing? That you tie certain things up into your identity and then you take things personal that you shouldn't be. This is, this is my new Rorschach theory of everything. Which is you know, you know what a, you know what a Rorschach test is? Of course. Yeah, it's those ink blots. Yeah, most and, of them like bats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, well, I, and and I looked it up. Apparently, there's only ten official Rorschach ink blots that are are used by psychiatrists or psychologists. I always mix them up. Okay. But um, but it, it's the way that people interpret them. It, it's not it's not like there is one true form of a Rorschach. It's all about how people interpret things. I, I, I just think that's like everything, like every interaction that we have with people, the, the reaction that we have to this outside form, this outside thing is much more informative of who we are and our personalities and, you know, the, the things that we focus on, the things that we ignore, um, than, than it is about like the actual form itself. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So you can have, people riding on seahorses and some people go, Oh, that, that, that makes me feel awesome inside. That's more about them. Or some people go, Oh, that's stupid. That's more about them than the seahorse <laughs> itself. All those seahorses sea are pretty stupid. <laughs> what? No, they're cool. And they're pretty stupid. It's kind of a stupid idea. Like, are, are they holding tridents? Of course, dude. Yes. Are, are they shoot? Are they shooting like uh, sea lightning, ocean lightning out of their tridents while they're riding seahorses? I think so. I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's like sea lightning. One of, one of my favorite things, I think it's on an honest trailer about Aquaman where it's like they were breaking down. Okay, so you watch this movie and, you, and you're confused as what exactly are Aquaman's powers because he's like one step below Superman in this movie. Like he's bulletproof, he's stab proof. He, he can pretty much do everything, everything except for maybe fly. No. But yeah. Everything else, he's yeah, he can do anything. And that's what I thought about the Scarlet Witch in the Avengers. You know, it was yeah, like a little too powerful in that. Yeah. Like, but 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 it's like conveniently powerful in some situations where she can come in and do the Deus Ex Machina, and just like you think somebody's going to die, and then she comes in and like she just waves her hand, and this red magic does whatever she needs it to do. And then like if that was the case, she'd be so invincible, but she's not. So, what's the deal? And what's the deal with her accent? Scarlet Witch. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's the who's your favorite Avenger? Hmm. I had this conversation with my son. Um, Thanos. <laughs> I so I so love Thanos, man. I freaking love Thanos. I'm well, so Team Thanos. You're, you're Team Thanos. <laughs> yeah, because I I just I I loved the way I've always I've always really loved a really. Uh, formidable, smart, impossible to defeat bad guy. 
I always thought those were like the, the those make the best kind of stories. Sure. And, and um, so I loved that about him, but but I loved the way that he just made sense. He's like, I'm I'm doing yeah yeah sure I'm destroying half of the population, but look at the other half they're thriving right like they're gonna yeah. die anyway everybody's gonna die every anyway, and like his whole theory is that there's a finite that see like what I what I wrote was that there's an infinite universe, but he was operating from the premise of there being finite resources and and life just gets out of control and so he's he's the guy that goes in and he chops up the weeds and we do that all the time anyway like like if we've got a garden we don't want it to be overgrown with weeds <laughs> you know from the weeds perspective they think oh you're killing me we got to fight back against it uh-huh. but the rest of the flowers are like really really happy <laughs> so i don't, I, I liked i liked that i liked the way that that thanos was a really complicated sympathetic bad guy that you're kind of like i think i agree with him I, I I get what you're saying, but I, what I don't like about Thanos, well, there's lots to not like about him. But the fact, I mean, so he's essentially invincible too. He's super powerful. He's stronger than the Hulk all of a sudden. Give me a well, freak. Especially, especially when he's got these infinity stones. It's like the whole power of the universe yeah, in his hand. He didn't have all the stones when he threw the Hulk around like a bitch. He had one or two of them. But I mean, he put he put the Hulk. Who is the Hulk? I mean, what's the Hulk? The Hulk is like a uh, strongest man in the universe, or whatever. No, yeah, he is. I don't think so. He was he was just like he was exposed to radiation, and he got like super big and muscly and green. <laughs> did you see what he did in the first Avengers? He was like the badass of the badasses. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but Thanos comes in like, oh, I've got one or two Infinity Stones. Let me let me treat the Hulk like a bitch. That, that didn't make any sense to me. So it, it it makes sense that the strongest person in the universe wouldn't come from this planet, and and he's also purple. Yeah, yeah, of course. Big universe. Why? Yeah. You think we've got all the best ones right here? We better damn well have all. Better them. damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't need and any. They're all Mormon. <laughs> we don't need any purple guys that are stronger than the Hulk here. Yeah, Thanos. I thought is he purple or is he blue? I thought he was purple. Okay, I would have gone with blue, but you would have gone with blue. I think so. So what? What was? What's the color of the girl in Guardians of the Galaxy that uh, Star Lord falls for? Gamora. Yeah, what's her color? She's green. Oh, okay. So one out of two is not bad. It's not easy being green. (laughs) I'm sorry, that was really. Yeah, it was. was. All right, get some food. All right, good to talk to you, Tom. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Do this more. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you later, man. I go out at night and paint the stars. I go out at night and leave my head on the bed. I go out at night and race my heart. I go out at night and leave my head on the bed. Hi, this is Hillary. Matthew Ryan. Carol. And I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. If you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? Hang on.